the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Donald Trump has a lot of nerve. And, of course, the Democrats are trying to make him pay for it by sending him to prison for the rest of his life. Uh, In the indictment yesterday, a lot was made of him constantly claiming the election wasn't legitimate. You've probably heard that before. I wonder if Democrats remember this presentation by one of Trump's impeachment lawyers a few years ago and Joe Biden presiding in the Senate. House manager Raskin objected to the certification of President Trump's victory four years ago, along with many of his colleagues. You'll remember it was Joe Biden who had to gavel them down. I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. I object to the votes from the state of Wisconsin, which were not, should not be legally certified. No debate. Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes were no not... Debate. There's no debate. There's no debate. I object to the certificate uh, from the state of North Carolina. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. Um, I object. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. The objection cannot be entertained. Counting is not in order. Ballot. Even with the there is no debate in order. Is it signed by a senator? There is no debate. There is no debate in the joint session. There is no debate. There is no debate. There is no debate. Please come to order. The objection cannot be received. But the Russian Section 18, Title 3 of the United States Code prohibits debate in the joint session. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States senator who will join me in this letter? There is no debate. There is no debate. The gentlewoman will suspend. But, 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 but the Russians. But they didn't say the election was stolen. At least I didn't hear them. Hillary is the one who said that. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. He knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. He knows he's an illegitimate president. I do think that he knows uh, that uh, he's an illegitimate president. Yeah, okay, Hillary, thanks. When we come back, uh, we'll talk to the author of a book about what happened to 300,000 votes in Pennsylvania in 2020 and whether Donald Trump has a case on that one. And in our second half hour, America's psychiatrist on what to do about all those senior moments we've been seeing from politicians in Washington lately. Stick around. Well, now that the uh, big guy is trying to put Donald Trump in prison for life for having had the nerve to question election results back in 2020, 
I thought it would be a good idea to take a look at one of the states that uh, Donald Trump questioned. That would be Pennsylvania. Uh, Gregory Stenstrom is co-author of a book called Parallel Election, A Blueprint for Deception. And he joins us now. Thanks for coming on again, uh, Gregory. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So um, I guess before we get into um, what you found in your book and what you wrote about in your book, I'm just wondering what a person like you who's been diving into this stuff and did take a deep dive into it uh, back in uh, 2020, uh, what's your just your general reaction to the indictment and what was being said, uh, what was said in that indictment about Trump and his false claims of election fraud? Well, I think, first of all, it's a false narrative and that it completely contradicts the evidentiary base. Uh, they don't have any evidence. So what they're doing is uh, just a shaping operation because they don't have any evidence. Um, the, uh, there's, there's plenty of evidence, massive evidence of election fraud. Uh, for Pennsylvania and Delaware County specifically, I submitted allegations of massive election fraud and criminal referrals to the U.S. Attorney in uh, November 7th in 2020. And it went through the entire DOJ uh, within two hours. And then they came back on November 9th, and in response to, to those allegations and those uh, that criminal referral, uh, that's what resulted in Barr coming out with a public statement saying there was no widespread uh, fraud. And uh, that's a significant statement. So uh, on July 4th, they filed uh, official criminal allegations against Barr, Rosen, Ray, Horowitz, Smith. So I filed a, a criminal criminal uh, allegations uh, with the uh, House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Jordan, uh, and they're gonna be, uh, they have a statutory duty to uh, hear that case and consider that evidence. That evidentiary base is already within, submitted to the D Department of Justice, National Archive, and it's um, in the court dockets in three different courts. So they're going to have a pretty tough time making that indictment stick with, with Trump, and I think it's a big fugazi. So, um, so your your work has resulted in those things being submitted, but they haven't been ruled on yet, and and they're still out there. And then, uh, what you're saying is that if they go through with this indictment and it um, and it proceeds to court, that what you presented to them will be presented in defense of Donald Trump. Absolutely. the uh, The fact of the matter is, it doesn't. It's already in the evidentiary record, and it's uh, and undisputed. It's the truth. It's irrefutable. They've already accepted it. They've never contradicted it. So, in fact, the criminal allegations that that is that that group of people, and amongst others, uh, criminally obstructed federal investigations into the election fraud. They failed. Uh, they've excluded exculpatory evidence in terms of the evidence that they submitted, uh, which they, they haven't submitted any evidence against Trump in the indictment, but they do. Uh, there's certain things that have to happen in a charge sheet and allegations. So what they've done is in the absence of evidence, and uh, what they've done is they've created conjecture and allegations that are unable to be proved. And Trump's defense, quite frankly, is the evidence they already have that they federally obstructed the investigations that would, uh, he doesn't need to be exonerated. It's already, we've already got the facts and evidence. We don't have to prove anything. They have to disprove that they uh, federally obstructed investigation. So they're in pretty much a big jam. I think the indictment was a tactical and strategic error on their part. 
Uh, and basically, it's what it serves to do is they don't want uh, President Trump on the ballot mm-hmm. in May and uh, May of next year, in particular in Georgia, Michigan. And they're trying to do everything they can, you know, in the absence of an evidentiary record, they're going to the only thing they have is shaping exercises, which is you can indict a ham sandwich. They right. can they can indict anybody, but the charges will never stick just the same way as they won't stick with Mar-a-Lago with the documents. They won't stick with J6. They won't stick. They're all uh, they're all a big Fugazi. Jack Smith has been uh, he is a uh, he's a criminal. Bottom line is, and I can say that with great veracity and gravitas uh, and no fear of defamation. Number one, he's a public figure. Number two, the evidentiary record is plainly there. So he's, uh, I think he's pretty much painted himself into a corner and they're in a pretty big jam. And uh, President Trump is going to walk away from this. And uh, if anything, uh, their, their allegations, really, they come from a thing called the Minority Report. We call it the Durbin Report, D-U-R-B-I-N. It's the minority report in the 2020 election. It's in the it's in the Senate record. People can look it up. Just look up minority report on the 2020 election, and they'll find it in the Senate record. They could download it. It's almost verbatim um, for the indictment. So this is just a shaping exercise. It's a it's actually it's actually psychologically, I can see it happening, but evidentiary wise and, and having to stick, it's a, it's a futile effort. Well, how would, why would they proceed with what is a futile effort if they agree with you, or do they not agree with you? What you're saying here about the evidence, would they would they oh, dispute they absolutely, that? They absolutely know. I mean, we, we have uh, thousands of pages of FOIA requests between Smith and Horowitz and and, uh, and uh, Barr and you know all of these people that uh, continuously file these indictments against Trump and target individuals to isolate, contain, and destroy them. And uh, they're well aware of all this. In fact, the reason they submitted this is uh, as a shaping exercise is they've got nothing else. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to cause harm. I mean, President Trump, uh, it really causes harm to him from a campaign perspective because, you know, the Iowa caucuses are in January. He's got to go out and meet and greet 125,000 people in the Iowa caucus and shake their hands and look them in the eye. New Hampshire's right after that. So by keeping his head down and basically dropping rounds, you know, figurative, you know, rounds and suppressive fire and keeping his head down prevents him from campaigning. And uh, so strategically it makes sense because they're trying to knock him out of the election. So strategically it makes sense, but as a matter of law, it's a, uh, it's a complete uh, divorce. And they should be criminally charged. And, and I, I've, I've submitted those referrals to uh, Jim Jordan. And he can either take them seriously, which I think they will. Uh, the DOJ certainly took my charges very seriously. I mean, it went through uh, the entire DOJ within a two-hour period. Went through the top of the FBI, the top of the Inspector General's office, the National Security Council, the entire DOJ, all, every U.S. attorney, all, all uh, 94 U.S. attorneys the 74 IGs, it went through the entire government in a two-hour period. And uh, it resulted in the public integrity sector for elections. Uh, Richard Pilger, on November 7th, he resigned uh, just as a result of this declaration and the result of the allegations I made. Uh, I'm a well-known quantity to the FBI and to the federal government. I mean, I had U.S. Uh, Attorney McSwain's cell phone in my 
phone for a reason. They know who I am. I've been involved in multiple fraud investigations, and uh, so they're they're uh, they're jammed up. I'm not Joe Citizen. I was actually recruited for this by Leah Hoops, the co-author of the Parallel Election. Uh, she knew a mutual friend. We actually I actually live in Delaware County, and she she asked our mutual friend, "Do you know anybody who's an expert in fraud?" And he he and I happen to know each other. So I've worked for the federal government and the state government and uh, fraud investigations and specifically public corruption and put people in jail. So the problem they've got is I, I know the rules. So I submitted, um, you know, criminal allegations, got U.S. Postal Service receipts, and um, I don't think they were counting or they really thought anyone who actually knew the rules of the game uh, would be involved. That's why no one's heard of me. Because they can't, um, and, and still in the articles when they gave President Trump immunity, I'm a co-defendant with Trump in a defamation case in Philly. Uh, that's why we're still listed as you know poll watchers. They don't use my name. Um, there's no point in attacking me, and they have a very difficult time attacking the uh, evidentiary base. So it, it'll come to light. I think it'll just take time. I'm happy to just talk on radio shows like this, mm-hmm. keep my head down, yeah. and. Uh, and work the process. Yeah, well, you uh, you say that you were involved in, in uh, searching out and discovering fraud for a long time. Mm-hmm. How soon did you know and how did you know uh, that there was something going on here during the election? Well, within, within the first hour that I walked in the count, within the first hour of walking into the counting center. And that was in Delaware County? Yeah, I filed, we, Lee and I filed our first suit on November 4th. So November 3rd was the election. We filed our first suit, an injunction to get into a back room. Um, I said, hey, look, at, there's got to be ballots in that back room. So uh, just briefly, four days before the election, the Board of Elections said they had mailed out 104,000 mail-in ballots, four days before the election. So the day of the election, or when I was there, they ran 120,000 mail-in ballots through the system. And I said, you know, where's the, where are the cameras? And they were out back and... I said, well, I need to get back there, and they wouldn't let us get back there, although they were required to let us back there. So I said, okay, we'll file a suit. And we got an injunction, fought my way back in there, and there were 70,000 unopened mail-in ballots back there. That's a matter of fact. It's undisputed, irrefutable, you know, multiple witnesses, affidavits. They've all actually admitted at this point that there were tens of thousands of unopened mail-in ballots back there. So if anybody saw my was based on a sworn declaration. I love how they always say, well, he didn't swear in. I said, I didn't need to swear in. All I did was I was, I had already submitted a sworn declaration. And I said, look, you have 200,000 mail-in ballots that nobody knows where they came from. And they said they only mailed out 140,000, 104,000. So, you know, I'm not a, maybe not a math genius, but yeah. 200,000 would be more than 104. And the unopened mail-in ballots were, quite frankly, we already know that they were the real mail-in ballots. So the basic premise here, and we can prove this, is that they put uh, in these centralized counting centers, not all over the country, they put uh, they put fake mail-in ballots through. It's that simple. And then recently, uh, it took us three years, but we were able to get a court order to allow us to look at the expended envelopes for the May 2023 election. So we took uh, 25,000 photographs of the envelopes in a period of seven hours. And uh, that was just uh, two weeks ago. And uh, we're now examining them. 
and uh, they got a lot of explaining to do when we're done. We've got a full report we're writing, and we're doing the analysis, and we can show that uh, a significant number of those mail-in ballots are frauds. And uh, we'll be dealing with that in the next couple of weeks. They're dealing with the allegations I've put forward. We've got a case in the Commonwealth Court uh, where all our evidence is uh, submitted coming up at the end of the summer from the 2020 election. Uh, We'll be in court again on the defamation case with all of this evidence submitted before the Philadelphia court. They're scratching their heads. Uh, We're going to trial for that in April of next year. And uh, while while most people might think it's futile, it's not. And one of the things I want to, you know, close with, I know we're coming to the end of our time, is that we need everyone to vote. There's 3,143 counties in the United States. It takes 20 to 32 uh, counties to swing the election, those key counties. Delaware County is one of them, and that's why it's a hotbed for corruption. But 3,143 counties, if we can get everyone to vote, it makes the it increases the level of difficulty for them to commit fraud by a hundredfold. So people like myself and uh, you know professionals and and very you know committed citizens who are who are really involved now will protect your vote. Uh, we'll absolutely work on protecting your vote, but it's up to you to vote and make our jobs hopefully a lot easier. And that's uh, what I want to leave with. Uh, the book is a parallel election. You can get it on parallelelection.com. Uh, you can find all this information on www.patriot.online. You can also find the, the book on the Amazon, Parallel Election. There's a donate button on Patriot Online if you'd like to donate. And um, and I, I don't know how much time we have yeah, left. Yeah, i got, I got I, about two minutes left. Uh, I just want to uh, – we're talking to Gregory Stenstrom. The, the book is uh, Parallel Election, a Blueprint for Deception. And the um, the website is par- patriot.com. Uh, online. No, it's uh, there's no dot com, there's no dot dead. It's like the old America dot online. It's uh, it's Patriot dot online. www dot dot online. You cl- click on there, and election resources is a link to all the cases, all the videos, all the evidence. Right at the top of the page, there's a donate button there, and then you can enter the site, and it looks just like Facebook. You can sign up for an account. It's completely private. And uh, you can't be censored there, so that's why uh, that's why we created it. Okay, and but I, I just want to make sure everybody understands what you what you're dealing with here because it, it's uh, it's uh, maybe I'm not the smartest guy here, but uh, <laughs> I, I want to if you could just real quickly explain uh, and see if I have this right that they had a they had a pile of uh, mail in votes that were blank and then they filled them out uh, and then and submitted them as votes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. In a nutshell. It's not exactly. It's, it's close enough. Yeah, yeah. they put in 120,000 fake mail-in ballots. Yeah, yeah, and they've done that in every election since, and we can prove it. And it's, you've it's already, you've already proven it, right? It just hasn't yeah. been proven in court. It has been. Well, actually, it's sitting in court now, and the the issue they have, and the reason they're avoiding it, like uh, you know, uh, it's it's a nightmare for them, is because. It's unrefuted. It's undisputed. In, in, in law in the United States, if you've submitted something and you've submitted evidence on the, in, in a court of discovery, we ask the court to uh, verify, validate, and submit the entire record, which they did. As, if it stands there and they don't dispute it, the way the law works is it's the truth until they do. And for three years, they haven't disputed that as truth. So... The evidence is there. Well, it I, is the truth. 
Well, I'm I'm out of time. Gregory, I appreciate you being on. One more time online. How do they get you? Uh, www.patriot.online. Please buy our book at parallelelection.com, or you can find it on uh, Amazon. And thank you for your time. And uh, you'll be hearing a lot more from us in the coming months. And I hope so. I hope to have you on again. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay, we'll be right back. Well, we've been seeing uh, senior moments from Joe Biden for at least four years now, from the time he announced that he was running for president. But there have been other examples, and it's now a bipartisan issue. Dr. Carol Lieberman, uh, known as America's psychiatrist, uh, very often seen on television as an expert on these kinds of things. And uh, she joins us now. Doctor, thanks for coming on. You're very welcome. So uh, you have uh, recently referred to this group that I just mentioned here as the floundering four who who would that be yes uh biden of course starting with him mcconnell uh feinstein diane feinstein and fetterman okay and the most recent incident i think uh was mitch mcconnell i think most people have seen that by now he froze up at the podium and had to be led away uh it didn't look good what was happening there Yes, he was having a brain freeze. He couldn't. He was mute. Um, he he couldn't connect to the part of his brain that uh, that was supposed to be um, provide speech. And it was very pathetic, very sad to watch. You know, especially like the people around him. Um, you know, ushered him away, and you you had to feel sorry for him. I certainly, you know, I'm not. I'm calling them the floundering four, but. I'm not trying to, um, you know, this isn't really a funny or kind of topic. Um, I mean, of course we have to feel sorry for them, but the thing is that they don't belong in office when they are compromised like that. You know, so many Americans watch that, um, that press conference, his, you know, having that, oh, that, that kind of pathetic stare. I mean, you know, you know what that feels like when you can't, I mean, it's beyond when you can't think of a word. You know, he was like, he couldn't think of what he was there to say. Um, and so, but, you know, you look, you think about it, and you think it's not just Americans who are seeing this. It's, it's leaders all over the world. And, of course, Biden is the worst when they see his um, moments, you know, the various things that he does from from having to be led away by an Easter bunny, forgetting all kinds of things, um, the the um, showdown or the surrender in Afghanistan was the worst example of his not having abstract thinking. Um, all you know, we're not we're not the only ones seeing these things. Our enemies are seeing these things, and not only are they not able to make uh, good decisions in terms of whatever it is that they are supposed to be working on but um you know the, the we are seeing that um we are giving our especially afghanistan that was the green light after afghanistan after his outrageously bad uh decision making or lack of it um you know that is when putin invaded ukraine and all the other china started acting up all of our enemies saw that this is the time to hit the United States. They don't have a president who really knows what's going on. Well, everybody is assuming, maybe not every, maybe everybody's not the right word, but the assumption is out there that he's not really doing anything other than what people tell him to do and not saying anything other than what's written on the teleprompter or the, the, the note cards he holds on his lap when he's sitting there with leaders from around the world. But, um, it, 
how much how much could he actually how, how much could could a guy like that be controlled and maybe not even know how much he's being controlled well yes you know um it is obama who really who is running the white house and um i don't think i don't agree with i think i think obama was the worst president we ever had and he has put our country aside from you know whether you think he was good or bad or whatever he put our country in the most danger particularly from terrorists. So I think the fact that he is running the White House, I I always call it the Obama-Biden White House, um, is very dangerous for our country. And, of course, Jill, you know, she has her two cents that she puts in. And, I mean, can you imagine that? It's just so hard to imagine a wife seeing her husband make all of these flubs, like almost every day there is something, and and not to say, you know, Maybe you should you should bow out. You should retire. There should be and and you, to take him to doctors and have him diagnosed and so on um, and have him get treatment. You know, I have said from like you mentioned when he it's been since he was running for president that I have been saying that he has um, encroaching dementia and it's of course been encroaching ever since. And um, he should have been, from that point on, certainly if not before, he should have been starting to see uh, a neurologist and um, have all the different tests, PET scans and EEGs and you know, all the neurological tests to find out exactly what kind of dementia or what kind of neurological problem he's having and then you know, try to get treatment. Dem- uh, dementia like Alzheimer's isn't curable, but there are medications that certainly can help uh, sustain your cognitive abilities. Well, people who are having these issues, are they aware that they're having these issues? Or are they aware of the severity of the issues that they're displaying? Well, some are and some aren't. I think Biden is not at the time that he's doing it, but afterwards, one certainly would hope anyway that some people are telling him, of course, uh, very gently, I'm sure, um, you know, like, like, you know, remember the time um, when he read, well, such as one time when he read, you know, he was reading the teleprompter and he was reading things that were directions, not something that he was supposed to read. Um, you know, so presumably people have been telling him these things. Now, somebody who I don't think is really aware of, of how bad things are for her is Diane Feinstein. Because um, she, you know, she's 90 years old, and I don't think this is a question of age. Um, because some people who are 100 years old have more, are sharper, or more, you know, have better cognition uh, than some people who are 70 years old or 60 years old. Yeah. It all depends on the person. But, um, but I don't think she realizes, you know, just because she's, she's um, determined to stay in Congress and... Um, and, you know, she has had, I mean, that's another thing, too, another example of why this is so bad. Um, when she has been voting lately, she is being told what to vote, like to say, you know, what to say for the vote yeah. uh, mm-hmm. by her aides. Now, really, do we want, like, she's from California. Does California want her representing us, not really her, but her aide? We didn't vote for her aide. Yeah. Well, are, are you, from what you've seen... And we're talking to Dr. Carol Lieberman, a psychiatrist. Um, from what you've seen, are we dealing with people who need an intervention of some kind? In other words, if they, if there was, if they were not public people, 
And if the intervention would not be something that would be blown up all over the media, would this be kind of a no-brainer if somebody, if, if Mitch McConnell did that while he was standing in the line at the grocery store? Would somebody yes. be saying, okay, Mitch, it's time to go home and let's see what's yes. wrong with you? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting you said a no-brainer. Yes, that's the problem. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, you know, uh, and he, you know, he certainly knows. I mean, I don't know that he... Uh, even after, I don't know that he really appreciated what happened on that day, for example, when he became mute, but he doesn't like he's been having fall after fall after fall. Mm -hmm. And he pretends that nothing is wrong with him. And one would, you know, usually when there, when a person falls, there are some of these tests that are done, like particularly um, to see whether you have a hematoma or something yeah. in your brain. So you would think that at least some of these tests have been done. And yet, I mean, we don't know, maybe he's taking some kind of medication or maybe something's happening, but he's, you know, he's so steadfast in his refusal to acknowledge anything. He just wants to hold on to that job that we're going to need a hook to yeah. take him out of Congress. Yeah. And um, any reason to believe that if we, and this goes for Biden too, because we see, um, as you said, almost daily, he does something, sometimes it's more egregious than others, more obvious than others. But if he is, if we're seeing these when he's out in public, because there are video cameras everywhere, what might Jill be seeing, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning when he's walking around in his slippers and his robe? Well, or even 10 o'clock at night, because yeah. there's something called sundowning. Mm -hmm. You know, as night approaches, um, people with dementia, for example, you know, have more of a problem of, of putting their thoughts together. Uh, I think she, you know, I think she knows, I mean, she isn't a medical doctor, but, right. um, you know, I think that she is aware, you know, sophisticated enough to know, or maybe looked into it enough to know, or maybe she didn't, maybe she wants to be in denial, but um, it's just because she wants to be first lady. I mean, it's a totally selfish kind of thing. And quite frankly, for most of these people. Um, is it narcissism? Totally narcissism, yes power hungry, being hungry for power, um, you know, not really thinking of America, I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess what my question, though, is, and we're talking to Dr. Carol Lieberman, a psychiatrist, um, my question is, the fact that we're seeing this in his public, mo these public moments, is that, does that make it obvious that he's having these issues a lot, just because and we're only seeing the public ones? Would yes, you would you right. guess in we're the case seeing, of Biden, for example, that he's having a lot of private moments like that? Yes, absolutely. We're just seeing the tip of the iceberg and we're seeing, you know, um, a situation where he has been helped as much as he could be helped either with to the teleprompter or with these notes or, you know, um, so he's he's already has uh, assistance in those uh, circumstances where people are already afraid. <laughs> Another one was when he was uh, giving a talk and he said, God save the queen. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is no shortage of um, Biden moments, and they are far from gaffes. They cannot be called gaffes anymore. And yes, I'm sure he is a lot worse, you know, when it's not in one of these protected, relatively protected kinds of moments. And um, let's get, well, then there's John Fetterman, who's not old, and has pretty much yeah. disappeared since he won the election and was sworn in. He's been seen a couple of times publicly, and that's it, and it hasn't looked good. What, right. what about him? 
Well, yes. You know, um, I mean, he's a good example of how we as Americans have to take responsibility for this, because at least in some cases, like John Fetterman, because people saw, we all saw um, before the election that he was not, he has, didn't recuperate fully. He didn't recover um, his abilities fully. And yet people voted for him. Now, some of the votes might, were before the debate. Mm-hmm. And it was really at the debate that everybody got to see just how impaired he still was. But, um, but still, you know, it's like people were voting against, um, what's his name, against Dr. Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz, yeah. It wasn't right, right. It really wasn't for Fetterman. It was against Dr. Oz. Um, and, you know, that's, but that's unfortunate. I think, I mean, if, if people had seen the debate before the voting, would it have been different? Yeah. I mean, I think it would have been a lot closer in any case. Mm-hmm. So, but with um, with a guy like Fetterman, and knowing what you know about what caused his condition, it was a stroke, um, what are the chances of him getting any better at this point? Uh, well, the longer you, you know, the rec- the degree of recovery or the acceleration, how it accelerated the recovery is at the beginning usually like the faster in other words a person starts to recover from a stroke at the beginning that's usually a good sign now you know it can it doesn't mean that they are never going to recover more but um but it's been taking quite a while for him and so that's not a good sign plus the fact that he had depression and depression Mm -hmm. alone can i mean there's a, a, a um a disorder uh, where it's really a depression that is causing people to seem like they have dementia, and it's not really dementia. Um, it's it's a it's depression that that slows down um, all of their thinking and so on. But certainly, like for Fetterman, it wouldn't. I mean, he was treated or is being treated for depression. So that and he had a stroke. We know that. So the that can't the depression can't is is probably making it worse, harder to recover function, brain function, mm-hmm. but it's not a total explanation at this point. Well, any chance you could do a, uh, a massive test of the millions of people in Pennsylvania to check their brain <laughs> function for vote- voting for yeah. them? Is that something that you could yeah. pull off? <laughs> <laughs> no, because you have to be one-on-one. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can't. Um, uh, but uh, so we got a couple minutes left here with Dr. Carol Lieberman, psychiatrist. Um, so uh, what... What are the is it is it possible? I don't. I guess I shouldn't ask you. What are the chances? I mean, people have everybody's known somebody in their family who had some kind of an issue, especially as they got older, and then all of a sudden they had a major episode. Um, What are the chances from what you've seen of Joe Biden? Let's say he gets elected, and in in twenty twenty five, that he you know is found wandering around naked in the front yard at the at the White House at three o'clock in the morning. I'm serious. I mean. I bet you he's already been wandering around naked. I mean, we know he's been wandering around. Yeah. Um, I mean, if if Joe Biden were to get elected, well, I'm not even sure he's going to be the final. Right, candidate, I don't either. I don't think be. he's going to. But <laughs> but um, but but if he were to be the the uh, Democrats' candidate, and if he were to be elected, I think I'm moving to some island <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be the final stroke. That literally. Well, I mean, trying to final. imagine trying to imagine this guy at eighty six years old, which is what he'd be yeah. when it, when his term was coming to an yeah. end. No, it, it's it's you know, I mean, as it is, 
uh, our enemies are licking their lips when they see all of this, especially with Biden. You know, Congress is one thing uh, that just adds to, you know, their feeling that the United States is leaderless. Yeah. But um, but with Joe Biden, each time he does one of these things, um, forgets some a word or, yeah. or wanders around the stage after a speech or things like that. Um, they are just they're just counting the days. You know, they're they're. Um, they are are thinking that this is really we are really in a bad in a in a bad spot. They are yep. really, uh, as I say, licking their lips. You know, oh. thinking. Um, you know, I mean, even between now and the end of his term, yeah, that this got is another a very year dangerous left, yeah. time. Hey, hey, Doctor Carol Lieberman, I'm out of time. I appreciate you being on. Yeah. I'm personally rooting for him to be found walking around naked if he gets reelected. But that, that's just <laughs> yes. me. But but thanks. We'll talk again. <laughs> Okay, thank you. I'll be right back. Well, I've been saying or asking for a while, how could any man vote for a Democrat? And there are plenty of reasons for that. I mean, one, just throw up a picture of Rachel Levine would be a good reason to ask that question. But um, And I've been wondering about how that's happening. And uh, it's it's really disturbing to me that there are men who actually would vote for someone who's supporting these ridiculous transgender uh, issues and and women uh, having to put up with men coming into the ladies' room, all that stuff. So I came across some some good news today. This is from Red State, but it's an annual survey. Uh, it's a it's called Monitoring the the Future, um, and it says that. 12th grade boys now are twice as likely to identify as conservative versus liberal. Now, that's way up because only 13 of, uh, percent of boys identified as liberal back in the 70s. And that was a different culture back then. You know, being a hippie was cool and, you know, anti-Vietnam and all that stuff. But that shows how things have changed because now these are high school seniors they're talking about, boys. And you're talking about these uh, these guys who have to put up with the stupidity of um, uh, one of their classmates who they know is a, a guy playing on the girls' basketball team and things like that. And they're being and these are guys they're they're old enough now that they're not babies anymore. And they have their teachers and people in authority saying to them, telling them that you can be a, a woman if you want to be. All, you know all the stupidity that we, stupidity that we see and talk about here all the time. And by the time you get to be 17 or 18 years old and you're a guy, you start to push back a little bit on that kind of stupidity. And um, so it's, I, I guess what I'm saying is this is a good sign, and it needs, to, uh, it needs to keep going in that same direction. Unfortunately, girls are liberals, and they're drifting to the left. According to this, the share of 12th grade girls who identified as liberals rose from 19% in 2012 to 30% in 2022. So you guys if you're if you have a you if you're happen to be listening and you're a senior in high school and you're a guy or if you're a parent of one tell them to tell the girls to get a clue. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.